Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? to you live from central wisconsin where it is monday the 18th of july already we're already into week three of july man holy crap things are flying by hope all is well hope you guys had a great weekend had a chance to turn it all off and get away from it all and just kind of chill have a good time i know i did um for the second week in a row i did almost nothing (laughs) almost nothing i gotta say dude um the, the, the past year or so, two two years, is three years, four years has been quite stressful. And to kind of just put the feet up on the couch, watch a ball game, watch some golf, do nothing. I got to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So um, I got I to gotta stop being lazy next week, though, because next week I got to get a bunch of shit done now that I'm, I'm uh, you know, two weeks in a row of getting nothing done. So here we go. That's the worst part about it, right, is that uh, once you once you fall behind <laughs> – it's over from there. So it's good to see you guys out there today. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Um, it, uh, it was my wife's birthday yesterday. So this weekend we kind of had a, you know, a birthday weekend celebration. Took the, took my daughter and, uh, it was her birthday on Friday. Uh, so took them out to dinner with, went out to dinner with them, had a delicious steak and, um, made some, uh, some hot ass chicken wings last night. They were freaking delicious. So, um, that was my weekend, <clears throat> just kind of spending time with the family and watering the grass. <laughs> you know, when you got new seed down, you can't cut the grass. So, I mean, what's, Hey, it's going to have to wait till next week. <laughs> so that was my weekend. I hope you guys all had a chance to kind of get away from it all and, and, uh, relax and, uh, maybe just, uh, you know, put the feet up a little bit and chill. So thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. I see you all working your way in here today. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Um, I definitely want to talk about this Patrick Burns stuff. I've covered some of it before, uh, but I got a couple of minutes, I don't know, five minutes from the video. Maybe we'll see, go through it a little bit more and see what else is out there. Uh, so I want to start off with, uh, with the Patrick Burns stuff today. And I want to, I want to have you guys listen to a very specific segment of this that I think I've played before when he had a different interview. Um, and I don't know the credit of any of this stuff it doesn't to me that none of that really matters i just want to hear the story of what was happening what president trump was going through between november 5th the 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 coup and uh january 20th because the president had a lot of options and a lot of us are still speculating 
on what maybe he did or didn't do. Um, so in the end, I think, um, I think what he, what he didn't do was, was what we hoped that he did do, <laughs> unfortunately. So we'll get to Patrick Byrne here a little bit. Um, I got a couple of other interesting stuff out there. Larry Doyle, the, uh, the uh, financial hunters and the tax case against Hillary Clinton. Uh, he's got a couple of interviews or a couple of videos that he put out today. Uh, some news from Ukraine, Russia. That's, I'll just kind of go through that. Um, some interesting news about Gableman as, uh, as, uh, Merrick Garland's, uh, DOJ is now linked to trying to cover up the Wisconsin coup. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, more to have, more to come on that, that front, uh, Hunter Biden's back in the news. So we got to talk a little bit about that. Uh, let's see. I wanted to read this article. You Republicans freak as Ukrainian born GOP colleague trash talks Zelensky. I have no idea what that means. I want to read that article and find out more about that. Uh, so we'll get to that today. And uh, other than that, uh, I got the, some Q posts. There's there's quite a few July 18th deltas. Um, there's tw- I think was there 22 of them? Is that what I found? Yeah, 22. Um, I got that up for some fun for the second half. So we might go through some Q posts again uh, with some uh, deltas on today's date that are pretty interesting as well. So that's what we got planned for today. Uh, we'll also check in, you know, as usual with a uh, breaking news out there, see what's going on with, uh, with the world, see if there's anything new happening. It's pretty quiet Monday overall. So we're going to kind of just chill a little bit and, um, hang out with you guys and we'll go through some of this stuff and see what was, what's going on out there today. So thanks for joining me here today. Everyone over there on the foxhole.app. Thanks for being here today, guys. Do me a favor. Tell a friend, tell a family member about the foxhole.app. The reason why it is such a great platform is because if you want to help the streamer, if you, if you're, if you're specifically wanting to help a streamer financially, it's the best platform to do that because the vast majority of your hard earned cash goes directly to the streamer. Unlike every other platform out there, it takes a, takes a big cut of your money. Foxhole.app does not do that. So do me a favor, tell a friend, grab, grab the, link and put it into your favorite social media say hey come hang out with abe or come hang out with your favorite content creators that are over there because look at them all just inform media 412 productions has renamed his his uh skit over there that's pretty cool so 412 productions instead of 412 and i don't have to remember that based amy true reporting by the way i'll be on with true reporting on saturday next this coming saturday to hang out with him for the trump rally in arizona so i'm looking forward to that sloan tv brain pod uk neil gwt and Patriot Soapbox and Patriot News, many others, many live out there. So if you don't feel like listening to my smart ass today, uh, you can always go listen to somebody else. And that's the that's the best part about the Fox Without App. It is all the people who have been dehumanized around the world are coming together to uh, to try to, you know, to just try to say what's on our mind without being told what we can and can't say. What a concept, huh? Amazing how that goes. So appreciate everyone over there at the Fox Without App. Thanks for being here today, guys. I want to welcome you all into the show here today. I think you, I think there's a couple of great patriots out there that I see. Willie fix it first in the house, Politius. Thanks for the, um, thanks for all the links and everything you do behind the scenes. Knock my socks off is in the house as always. RP4L, thank you for being here today. Tennessee Tim, what's good? I'm ready to rumble for sure, my friend. Good to see you out there, my friend. Hope all as well. Thank you for your support. Neo in the house. God bless you, Neo. It's great to see you out there. Hey brother, uh, thank you for the shades. Much love back at you, Neo. God bless you. I hope all is well on your front. I appreciate you very much. Much love. Um, and hope uh, hopefully mom's all as well. All is well with your mom as well. 
Uh, Starface is in the house. Thanks for being here. Classical Chick, Ryder. Uh, JC Bird dropping a phone on me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much. God bless you. Thank you for your, all your support as well. Classical Chick's in the house. There's many others over there on the Foxhole app. So check it out when you guys get time. It's a great platform, and it uh, you know they they were there for us when nobody else was. So it's it's a pretty good uh, it's a pretty good platform. If you guys want to check that out when you guys get time, the Rumble Cloud has worked their way in here today. Chris Chris first in the house dropping all links. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Knock my socks off out there lurking as well as many others. Do me a favor over there, Rumble. Hit the plus sign over there. Styly Girl, thank you for being here, as well as Just Mojo. Much love. It's good to see you over here as well. Where's your eagle on Rumble? Have you not seen the report from Uvalde? Yeah, I saw the I saw the report from Uvalde. Um, it's uh, cowardice, just as we thought, right? JC Berg dropping a gift one sub to Johnny B. Thank you for that over there on Twitch. The Twitch crowd working their way in today. You guys are late over here on Twitch today. What's going on over here on Twitch? No, I appreciate you guys very much. Thanks for being here today. Deplora Laura's in the house. JC Bird, thank you, sir. God bless you. Uh, comfortably numb. Good afternoon. Back at you. Good to see you out there. Uh, the usual fam in the house today. It's great to see you guys, man. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Solitude. Hope all is well. Thanks for being here. Brian, what's good? How was your weekend, bro? Hope you had a great weekend, man. Whale Cloud's in the house as well as Johnny B, Toy Squirrel. Ah, there you are. Cat Girl's out there now. Now we're working their way in. Uh, good afternoon. I had to unplug from the news this weekend. Yes, a rough weekend indeed. Uh, thanks for being here, uh, Cat Girl, and the rest of you guys out there. Much love. For some reason, guys, Tiger Network still is not launching. I'm going to have to get a hold of Jim. I was just giving him some time to try not to pounce on him because I'm sure he's not the only one out there that is getting... Uh, People asking him what the Fugazi is going on over there with the Foxhole dot. Excuse me, with uh, Tour Three. So, I will talk to Jim tonight and get the uh, Tour Three stuff going back up. And I appreciate you guys for finding another platform as well. So, I don't trust Burn. I don't. I don't. I mean, again, I just can't. I just read the information and let that information speak for itself. I don't have any knowledge of Patrick Burn other than. Any, anybody else? I don't know him, so I don't. I don't. I try to stay away from that. He said, she said. I don't like him. He's. I don't trust him. I just let the information play play itself out for what he says, and then we're going to listen to that. It's about five minutes or so, so we're going to listen to what he has to say, um, because that's where it starts, right? This it starts with at least hearing the person out, and I think we don't do enough of that. We just kind of come to conclusions without really, um, you know, without really looking into stuff. So. Um, that's why we're going to go listen, go listen to that today. So, um, I want to see what's going on there. It's interesting because he talks about foreign interference. I think that's very important with regards to what we think could be, maybe not be happening, um, out there. So I need to, I need to hear what he has to say. Knock my socks off, uh, brought my supper in, eating in front of you. <laughs> I had a, Hey, smoking Patriot. I, I had a great weekend. I hope you had a great one too. I bought some frozen stuffed uh, chicken breast, uh, bacon wrapped chicken breast. And they were stuffed with like Gouda cheese or some shit. And I don't, I do not like creamy cheese. That's kind of stuff. Uh, and I didn't really pay attention to what kind of cheese it was stuffed with, but so I just kind of slow smoked them on the grill or did not smoked them kind of indirect heat them, uh, for about an hour. And they, I mean, they were delicious, but just the cheese just threw it off, man. It was, um, I usually custom make all of my, stuffed stuff you know and i never buy the frozen stuff at like festival and stuff but the festival over here is freaking awesome um so um it has all kinds of really cool different stuff that i've never really seen before but the it was this the smoked cheese kind of flavor came out of it it was really good the bacon was freaking delicious the chicken was delicious but the god of cheese just ugh. yikes it was uh it was nasty so 
There you go. So I want to hear, I do want to hear what Patrick Brown said. We're going to get to that here. There's a section here of about five minutes that I think you need to hear. So just, I understand everybody has an opinion. That's fine. You can have your opinions, but we're going to listen to what he has to say. <laughs> so if you don't want to listen to what he has to say, we'll find somebody else to listen to. Uh, hey, Ryder, good to see you out there. Hope all is well. Still bad's in the house. I appreciate you. All right, so there's that. Um, and then th there's some also some um, that Ukrainian news that's out today. I want to get to that. We'll talk about what happened in Indiana, some stuff like that. So that's kind of just in general what we're going to talk about. Um, <clears throat> love cheese, but no Gouda, please. I know. Or goat milk. Yes, indeed, the plural, Laura. If I would have known it had Gouda cheese or whatever, you, however the hell you say it, I would have not have gotten it. It still was, it was really good because it was, you know, I, I fired it up at the last minute to get it like, you know, nice and nice and crispy and stuff, you know, so it was still not bad, but it was just, it threw it off. It threw the flavor off of the, of the chicken. What does got to taste like? Like creamy, uh, like molded <laughs> creamy cheese almost. It, it, it's aged cheese. It's it's really nasty. I don't like it at all. A lot of people really like it, but I it's not for me. I don't like that kind of molded cheese thing. Like that's I don't I don't get that. I don't <laughs> think cat girls with me. I don't get that stuff. Like I don't I, I don't choose to eat mold. Creamy bad breath. That's exactly what it tastes like. <laughs> the plural Laura nails it. That's exactly what it tastes like. Yeah. So I don't know, man. But other than that, I mean, it was, it was, it did turn out really good. And then I made some extra hot wings last night that were freaking delicious. So, hey, do you think they can figure out how to make uh, wings without breaking all of the chicken legs? That's start, starting to worry me about this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Smoking Patriot said that that looked delicious. It looks good, but I'm not a big god of me either, bro. If I would have known that's what I had, I would have, that's not what I would have gotten. I just would have done what I usually do and just stuff my own. So, there you go. All right. Um, so yeah, I see you guys uh, saying a lot about Patrick Byrne again. I don't, I don't get into it. He said, I don't know him. I, I did work a security detail for him. I had a conversation with him. That was very simple. Do you want, you know, your armed security uh, to be around you or just leave you alone? He was like, leave me alone. I'm like, got it. So we just uh, created a perimeter and because he was getting death threats at the time that we were in Branson. So I know that much. You know, they were legitimate death threats. It wasn't just making stuff up because we were part of the security detail, armed security detail to make sure that nothing happened to them. So uh, there was a lot of stuff that was happening during that time in Missouri as well. Um, I don't know. The, re the rest of the stuff, you know, is is I don't care about. To be completely honest, the rest of the stuff about about Patrick Byrne, I, don't, I really don't care about. All I need to know is, is, does he sound like he's being truthful with regards to the conversation and the the events that happened around January 5th and January 6th? That's all I care about. And that's all I want to hear, and that's what we're going to do. So let's check it out. Let's listen to Patrick Byrne, see what he has to say. And this is only about, I mean, the whole thing is like an hour long, so we're not going to watch the whole thing. Um, <laughs> Cheddar, Colby Jack, or Mott's? Exactly. I'm with you, Smoking Patriot. Um, <clears throat> so... Let's just hear, let's just hear him out, all right? This this section here is 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 very important, I think, with taking in the context of. So we all know, right, that the January sixth committee is spinning a bunch of narratives. So let me just set this up, all right? This the, the reason why we're going to watch this is very important. We all know 
that the president was was presented with options from constitutional options from Eastman, from uh, lawyer and legal options from Sidney Powell and others, um, uh, you know, military options and other options about what we we could do. Um, can we not watch that? We're not going to watch the whole thing. Um, so President Trump was presented with the options, right? And if you trust me and you believe in my theory, I think continuity of government automatically was put into place because of an attack on the U.S., uh, an attack on America, coordinated election attack on America from internal and external enemies of America and the Constitution. So I believe that we're never going to be told this. I believe that a continuity of government system is in play, and that is the shadow government that is that is not you that you don't see, right? There was a, there, Barack Obama has his own shadow government, right? Um, and I believe that uh, President Trump um, had probably no say in the way that this played itself out because I think that he took no options. I think I think of all the options he took, he decided to walk away because he was presented with very grave. A, gr- a very grave reality of an attack on America that was unlike anything we've ever seen before. And I think he was warned and told that if you go through with any of these options that are presented with you, there will be a pandemic for real, unlike anything you've ever seen in America. And, and if you go through with it, it will get much worse for your fellow citizens. And I believe president Trump was presented with the options and the realities and decided that it had to go this way. He was pre- he he took the the strategic reality of what would happen if the United States was presented with a a uh, a military mil- militarized takedown or takeover of America under the guise of a foreign power. The, America was not and probably still is not ready for the realities of what really happened in 2020. America as a whole is not, is not ready for it. Much less were they ready for it in January 20th of 2020, right? There's no freaking way this country would have, would have survived president Trump staying in power. So I believe he took the smartest, the most strategic and the best route, not necessarily for all of us, considering the consequences of this fucking idiot that is in power. But I also believe that president Trump did not take the devolution or other options that were presented with him because of the constitutional crisis that that would create. You're going, we are already going into a constitutional crisis. If legislatures start to seriously look at decertifying, which they're not, but maybe after the election, they will. Right. So I believe that it had, in order for America to wake up to the realities of, of our world and the realities of voter fraud and the push for America to get voter ID and an actual election system put into place, I believe it had to be this way. There's a lot of others that disagree. There's a lot of others that believe devolution is in play. There's a lot of others that believe there's, there's <laughs> this is just not reality. All right. So who knows? None of us know. I don't freaking know. But what I believe is, through a very informed basis that it had to be this way. And president Trump is not coming back. And all of the things that you see out there that are pushing anything else are interesting. 
at the very least, the Devolution series is, is definitely worth your time to read. It is definitely worth your time because it ties in together several executive orders and the options that President Trump had as a response. All right. So let me, let's just set the stage there. And now please listen to this. The argument that was made to the president was that under two executive orders, there had been two executive orders, one signed by Barack Obama and once in 2015 and one signed by Donald Trump himself in 2018 that says if a foreign nation interferes in one of our elections and disrupts an election, the president really gets a range of options and they go from very light, he can do nothing, he can go, he can do something very light-handed like let's have a quick investigation something more substantial, like let's have a serious investigation, a presidential commission. He can cancel an election and rerun it. He, he, could, he could do everything like that legally because of these executive orders. So the question becomes, does the trigger, is, do the facts trigger that range of powers for him? And we were always after the most minimal, minimal, minimal on that range of options, which was to do a quick investigation we were always after doing a minimal amount of those options. That's important for me. That we said could be done uh, by, well, uh, that we, in a few days. They, they could be over at the outside in two weeks. Um, but really, I told them we can probably get it done in about three days. So the, the question became, so this is the bomb. This is the bomb. This is the do all the documents but one that were in our possession when we went in here are right here. Um, the question is, given that, so, by Obama's executive order of 2015 and Trump's, if there's foreign interference in the election, he gets this range of powers. Uh, and, and this is the executive order 13848, which gives him all these powers to do all kinds of sanctions and other, any, pretty much. See, and this is why this is extremely interesting to me, and this is why it is worth listening to. Because he's talking about the devolutionary, the love devolutionary, is that even a word? The devolution executive orders that Patel Patriot is talking about. Again, I do believe that if, if devolution is in play, we're never going to freaking know. So what's the, to me, it's like, okay, you know, let, let's just leave it at the continuity of government level because that's really what the foundation of it is anyway. Much anything he wants if there's been, uh, and you got to read that in conjunction with the previous Obama one, which is still, was still standing. So then the question becomes, has there been enough evidence of foreign interference in the election that would let him trigger that? Towards that end, we had th three documents from the government itself. One of them, and people have, this is what people have completely spaced on. Nothing was in there with affidavits from people that, nobody was selling affidavits from somebody in Ohio and they saw, thought they saw some mischief. What we had was a statement from the FBI and DHS October 22nd, so 11, 2020, so 11 days before the election, they released, the cyber CISA, part of DHS, released a, uh, an alert saying Iranian advanced persistent threat actors threaten election-related systems. And this was about how the Iranian government was trying to hack our election systems. And this came out on October 22nd. This says they're trying to do it. On October 30, there was a subsequent one. So this, this comes out on October 30, I think it was finalized on November 3rd. It says that it has happened. Iranian 
advanced persistent threat actor identified obtaining voter registration data. And they go through here and they explain Iran has successfully hacked one state, at, at least one state. There are other states being hacked and they, they specifically say that we've reviewed and we reviewed the penetrations and they cannot all be attributed to Iran. And then lastly, there was a statement put out on December 16th, two days earlier, by the FBI and CISA and the Office of National Intelligence regarding the SolarWinds hack, the greatest federal hack in history. They basically came out and said the federal government's been hacked to its toenails. That's what they came out and said December 16th. I th uh, may, I, it may have been a, even a, uh, a statement a few days earlier. I thought it was about December 8th, but it looks like December 16th is the most formal statement. And they come out and say, due to a product called, a company called SolarWinds, and they had a network security product that was all over government. It turns out it was completely porous and they got hacked right to their teeth. Um, and now the federal government has come out and said, our entire government has been hacked. The mo so now the question becomes, do these things trigger what the language of these executive orders and what the president's powers are? What 100 years from now, what people should be focusing on is these three statements from the government that came out in October and November and December of 2020 and asked, did they trigger the president's authorities under these other uh, executive orders? And I would argue that the first one alone, the October, you know, you could take an argument that says even the first one that concerns Iran Iranian advanced persistent threat actors, which uh, ha hackers threaten election related systems. Could you, a real hardcore guy would argue that this alone would have triggered the president's powers. I think that would have been a stretch. But you take this coupled with the next one that comes out, say, November 3rd, the morning of November 3rd is when it finally got finalized, first published or original release October 30th, that goes from saying it can happen to saying it did happen, one state has been hacked, by Iran and other states are under attack and we realize that these attacks aren't all coming from Iran. And it had, they've been successful in at least one state. Well, I think you would definitely make an argument that these two things together meet the needs of the, that you can say there has been foreign interference in election. And it turns out the voter roll data is extraordinarily important. People, because when you're stuffing, if you're gonna stuff the ballot boxes, you need to first stuff the voter rolls. You can't just enter a ballot without it going and saying, all right, that's the part I wanted you to hear. <clears throat> extremely, extremely interesting, <clears throat> considering the discussion that Patel and Patriot and I have had and others. Um, and yes, Belushi, that, the reason why I wanted everyone to hear that is because of the solar wind side of that, too. Because none of us really know, like, we, we all we all think... Those of us that are that are informed to the ultimate level of this reality, whatever the fuck this crap is, um, those of us that study this stuff on a daily basis believe that it was an all-out approach between foreign and domestic actors to make sure that they were going to throw Trump out of office. There's no way Biden got that many votes. There's, it's not possible for him to get that many votes. It was an all-out effort, but not just a, a, a domestic. Voter rolls, just not just things like that. If 
if it's true that there's documents from the federal government saying that Iran was successful in at least hacking at least one state and there are other actors in play, that that's kind of important to for President Trump in his decision-making process of what of what angle to take. Put, put President Trump, put yourself in President Trump's shoes and you were just told what what Patrick Burns just said. We play what he said before when he was in, when he was um, I don't know if he was invited or if he if he made his presence known. Uh, he felt that he needed to to uh, speak up. And I don't I don't remember exactly how that played itself out. I don't know if he was invited or or what. But if if there's legitimate proof from a from a government entity that Iran successfully hacked at least one state and there were other actors involved in other states. Then there's how the hell do you tell the American people this? How the hell do you do you how, how do you go from an American public 130 million voting block whatever the hell it is roughly how do you go from 135 million people that are active voters that consider themselves fairly informed on elections the vast majority of whom believe that we have a democracy how how do you go from that to informing the populace without creating a mass panic and a run on the markets and a potential of of destroying america how how do you inform the populace that this happened when they are so naive into thinking that they actually we actually have an election a free and fair election system in this country it had to be this way now, what, what we've been watching, and I think all of you are with me on this as well, what we've been watching is the systematic uh, in, infor, information flow uh, awakening of the American people. We've been watching as the American people have been step-by-step step taken through the realities that our election system is a freaking joke in this country to the point that... The, the leading candidate for Republican or the, you know, Ron Johnson, he's running for re-election. So I, he's leading uh, the, the Democrat by quite a bit as far if you believe polls. But in general, he's he should win. You, you got him doing town halls and talking to people. The number one issue our senator is getting <laughs> is election integrity. So. In the guise of digital soldiers, of you guys out there, of every first of all, y'all should pat yourselves on the back. Because you know why we are so far ahead of the game right now compared to where the media wants us to be? It's all you guys, man. It's all of you out there that are that are talking to people, spreading the message on social media, in people's faces, going doing whatever you have to do to make people understand that this election was clearly not free and fair. That is important to me. That's important in the guise of how did President Trump come to the, the decision table, right? At some point he was presented and had to make a decision. And, and I, I do seriously believe that he was briefed that, that the deep state actors that want to take over this country would go as far as they had to, to create a crisis if president Trump stayed in power that so many people would, would, would perish 
if President Trump stayed in office, that it would it, it would just be horrific what would happen to this country. I, I truly believe that there's an angle there. Now, I, how, how, what, who, what, who knows, right? The, the details of it. But I do believe that they are that rabid to where they could not leave President Trump in office. There was no way they were going to let it happen. No way they were going to let it happen. And so, you know, what you're watching is, is now, like I saw someone put, you know, the, a fight of the families and things like that. Indeed, the Game of Thrones angle of it. But you do have, you absolutely have a changing of the guard with regards to world oligarchs and the leadership of, of, of who has power. Hillary Clinton does not have the same power she had <laughs> in 2016, in 2017, in 2018. She, she is damn near irrelevant on the world stage at this point, right? Damn near irrelevant. You you see Barack Obama go to D.C., and the only thing that you see happen is school shootings ramp up. The, The ability of these people to have, to pull the same strings that they used to be able to pull are just not there. And Epstein and that whole series of stuff, Jean-Marc Brunel and, and uh, Lexner, that, that whole thing is also part of the ability to control people, right? Or make people do things that they wouldn't necessarily do. That whole structure is definitely falling down. The, we, we cover every day, we cover FCCED. And we talk about all the embezzlement and, and money laundering and the whole angle of all of that and how that's playing itself out. So on the world, in the world stage, as far as like devolution or, um, you know, continuity of government or is Biden in office? Not to me, it's interesting. I, I like talking about it. I think it's interesting. I think, I think Patel Patriot's research speaks for itself. I think you should read all of all of the devolution series. And I think you should, you know, to a point where you understand what, what, uh, the, that, that option was because, in the guise of a, of a foreign attack on the, on the United States, some of these things aren't necessarily the president's decision, <laughs> right? Continuity of government kicks in in the event of an attack, right? That, 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 that's not, it's not a, the President Trump doesn't have to order high-level intelligence agencies that asked him to run for office. I, I believe President Trump was asked to run for office by high-level intelligence agencies in this country, because they saw what was happening in the weaponization of lower level uh, agencies, the infiltration of lower level intelligence agencies and high level intelligence agencies were like, hold on a fucking second. No, you're not, you're not turning America into a puppet of China, not happening. So I do believe that all of these things are in play in some capacity. I just, you know, it's interesting. It's, but on a daily basis, what I need to do is focus on the stuff that's happening in the world that, that proves the angle of something else bigger happening. And I think we as a team here have, have done a pretty effective job of that over the past uh, year and a half. And I hope to continue to do it with you guys. It's been, it's a, it's a tough battle. It's a tough battle because I go through hundreds of articles a day that I'm just like, everyone's going to talk about that one. 
And sure enough, you know, it's almost always the clickbait article of the day that everybody leads their show with. Everybody wants to talk about this or everybody wants to talk about other people like Linwood or John's here to help or Mike Flynn or pick a, everyone wants to talk about personalities or people they agree or don't disagree with and why they agree or don't, don't, don't disagree with them or why they think they're a show. That whole thing is a waste of freaking time for me. Not interested. What I need to do is I need to hear the what people have to say from their own words and, and make a judgment from there. I wish more of us would get would do that, would focus on that and not on the other crap because it's all a waste of time and it's all purposeful to get in to to, to cause um, to cause problems. So, anyways, that's my take on it. What do you guys think? What do you think? Uh, let's see. Z says, uh, focus on your format. That effort is your stick. That's your leverage. I appreciate it, dude. I do feel like I, a, uh, <laughs> I have a perspective unlike many others. And I hope that's why you come listen to me. Um, and I, I do want to keep that edge. It's not easy to do. Everyone's so well informed now. And we're kind of in our own different little corners of the internet now. You know what I'm saying? Like we went from Twitter's corner of the internet to now we're in a telegram's corner of the internet or whatever, you know, we're still, we're not, we're not really getting all the perspectives that we need. I think as, 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 um, you know, informed citizens to really be able to make a, a truly informed decision on this stuff. That's why it's so hard for me to, to get past the, we all realize our realities are being manipulated, right? <laughs> I talk about that so much, but uh, anyways, uh, Belushi brother, thank you. I'm killing it. Thank you for the cookie, man. I appreciate that tattoo. 64. It had to be this way at 45 state. 50% would have rioted. It could, would have probably been worse than that tattoo. 64. Uh, I'm with you. If, if 45 didn't execute devolution, how do we know, uh, Fuck Joe Biden won't claim foreign interference in 24. Um, well, there are, there, there, I think at this point, they're just trying to get through this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we'll see. I'm just, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff that President Trump um, hints around and stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done with that stuff too. Like the hold on, I'm coming stuff. I'm done with it. I'm <laughs> You know, it was going to be January. It was going to be February. It was going to be March. It was going to be July 4th. It was going to be, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And it, it, we need to just need focus on what's important, right? Neo, JC Bird, Belushi, Warrior Mima, thank you for the ship. God bless you back. TAC 264, at the time there were threats of K cars, et cetera, around the country. Good point. And much worse. Um, Popcorn seventeen says, "Quite good. Glad you're showing it. Do you think Burns was trying to set up forty five with military? No, I think he he was trying to get proof of evidence of that the elections was at least in question to state legislatures. That's what the goal was. The goal was to get legislatures to to pull back the certification that they that they um that they sent to D.C." Because that's the only recourse the federal government has in an election, including a vice president. A vice president does not have the unilateral authority to delay the votes. <laughs> it is not possible, okay? You, people say, the it says in the Constitution that, that uh, the vice president has the ability to do this. Yeah, show me. Cause it's not in there and you, you don't want Kamala Harris 
deciding that she doesn't like the outcome of the election and sending it back to the legislatures for time for bribes to happen. All right. There's <laughs> so ridiculous to me. Now, the, the whole Pence thing, I don't fucking care anymore. I'll be completely honest. My take is, you know, he, he was the greatest conservative vice president of our lifetime, period. The rest, I could give a shit about. There's no proof of anything. The fact that he's endorsing other candidates and stuff. Carrie Lake is an interesting candidate, all right? <laughs> Carrie Lake is an interesting candidate. And I, there was a lot of people that were not necessarily that, that kosher with her until President Trump started talking about it. And we're going to find out um, what the people of Arizona want, no matter what. That's, that's, the, that's what's going to happen. The people of Arizona are going to decide, <laughs> right? So in the end, does, it, does any of the other stuff matter? Br bringing attention to, to races that are important to me is what matters. And I think there's a little bit of that going on there. Um, a lot of people don't see how the angles of bringing attention to races and how, you know, it's like, it's almost like the, the Hollywood thing. All news is good news. <laughs> All, anyone bringing attention to a, an important election, to me, is important. And in the end, the best person will win. Right? So, that's where I'm at with that stuff. I, I, people keep fucking emailing me, telling me that the vice president, he's a freaking traitor. He should have done his duty. They, they just, they're so uninformed and misled. The vice president does not have that power. The only people who have the power to change the outcome of an election is state legislatures. And that's what Pat Patrick Byrne was trying to do. He was trying to say, hey, kid, let's just figure out, let's just figure out, let's hold the vote for a couple weeks so we can get the proof to the state legislature so that they can act. The vice president does not have that ability. That's the legal advice that he was given. Now, some say legally he does. I disagree. And many great constitutional lawyers also disagree. So, right? So then now put yourself back in the president's shoes, irregardless of what, what you think I think or anybody else thinks, put yourself back in the president's shoes. You're given all of this advice, Sidney Powell's uh, advice. You're given uh, Patrick Burns' advice. You're given General Flynn and others' advice. You're given... Advice from others, not necessarily any of that crew. And then you're also given legal advice from the constitutional scholars of our lifetimes that are the, the greatest constitutional scholars, and they tell you an, an angle. And now you have to be the president to make a decision. <laughs> right? You, you have to be the one to make the decision. In a, a constitutional lawyer like, like John Eastman, who's now being like thrown through the ringer, he, he is one of the greatest originalist constitutional lawyers in our, in our history, as far as informed. But he's very dialed in on the originalist side of the house. <laughs> right? Our, our legal system is not originalist. Our legal system is a laughable joke. So, again, now how do you, how do you put yourself in the president's shoes? If you're being told by one lawyer that it's constitutional, by another lawyer you're not. Now put yourself in the vice president's shoes. 
The vice president is not a traitor for deciding that the originalist point of view legally would not stand and it would not be wise for the vice president to set the precedent of delaying or doing anything with regards to the election that is specifically dialed in in the uh, election bill from whatever the hell it was. The, uh, the, The election, I forgot the name of it, but anyways, that's all that matters. You're you're given legal advice from from all every angle, right? You got you got to decide because you're making a decision that could that could end up legally putting yourself in jeopardy. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So if you're wrong on this, the consequences are treason. <laughs> so, you know, everyone calling Mike Pence Mike Pence treasonous for not taking the decision that is potentially treasonous is just to me just short-sighted and uninformed at the very least (sighs) but that's what i say what do you say moving on moving on i don't know how i keep getting back on pence just triggered half the audience. I just wanted Pence to pick up where it left off hearing the state's objections that were being heard when feds erected. They did do that. They held a vote. Only six senators voted for the objection. That is the only other recourse the federal government has with regards to sending the electors back to the states. You have to, you have to have a majority vote on the objection. They did not. They had six in Arizona and five in Pennsylvania. There's your real treasonous rhinos, but we don't talk about them. We talk about it's, it's much easier to just label one person. It's much easier to make that argument than to say, where were all of the senators that were supposed to vote for the objection? No, we don't talk about them. It's much easier to label one person to create a precedent that in the future could be disastrous. Imagine Kamala Harris just saying, no, I don't like these. Why does everybody ignore that? It's, it's baffling to me. Why does everybody ignore the fact that what if Kamala Harris decided she didn't like the electors? That intel part was not completed. I was told it was completed, Z. I, I was told that the president received when he's when he met with Sydney. So I don't know. I have I, I have contradictionary information on that. But I don't necessarily have any inside information either. I'm not saying that I know. So, but I just I have contradictory information. All right, let me move on. Let me move on. In the end, you know, hopefully devolution's in freaking play and we're gonna start seeing state legislatures say, you know what, screw this shit. I want my lectures back. <laughs> And then we'll, then it all won't matter. So I stay optimistic. I just, I try to, I try, I just try to bring you guys into all of the angles of the discussion and then you can decide whatever you decide. But I know what my my opinion is. (laughs) Everybody's got an opinion. Nobody has the facts. Q. Popcorn. What's, what's good. Can. So I wish Trump had called off the January 6th rally protest, especially after that meeting and the threat. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I was kind of surprised that he went through with the rally too. Um, because, you know, I, <laughs> I, I did a show not long before it saying 
people, if they go through with this, this sham of election, there's going to be hell to pay. People are going to be pissed. And sure enough, complete is not comprehensive. Roger that, Z Patriot. I can understand. I can completely understand that. I... I got you on that front. It's 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 almost impossible to get a comprehensive report when you don't have all the facts. I I I'm with you. Um. All right. So let me move on from that. That's my that's I look. Part of it is just to get you to question your own bias on this too. So just take it for what it's worth. That's my opinion on this stuff, and we'll see how it plays itself out. Now, man, do I wish Trump was back already, and I was the wrongest person on the planet, but I'm not. I. And I won't be, he's not coming back and we have to go through this time in order for, and hopefully survive. That's going to be the hard part. Sean Joe, thanks for the cookie brother. Let's go Brandon. It will be wild. Convince me not to go. Um, I, I, I was going no matter what, cause I was doing security. So, you know, there was no chance I was missing it. Um, but, uh, and I wanted to document it. That's really why I wanted to be there. Uh, similar to all the other events, that's why I wanted to stream it too. And that's why we we made sure as a team that I that I said, "Look, are you guys sure <laughs> that you want me fucking live streaming all of these events? Are you sure?" And we had a, we had some growing pains, as you guys remember, that we had to go through to to work out some of the details on that. But in the end, having live video evidence of everything is is important. And it was, it was so important at the time for me. So, all right. Anyways, let me uh, check in with you guys over here and chat all the places. Let me hear what you guys have to say. I see a lot of people, um, sticking to the simplified discussion of Mike Pence as a trader. I think that's just way too simplified to understand the, the complexities of what his options were, but that's fine. We can disagree on that. Just Mojo's in the house. Ill to the hung. Good, good to see you out there. DJ camp. Um, yeah, it was Gouda, but you know what I mean? Like any kind of that cheese that's anywhere near, aged forget about it i'm not interested <laughs> good to see you out there uh styly girl and everyone out there having a great discussion denise is here i see you got on the true social denise that's great to see check out my true social feed you'll find her i retweeted her retruth her information there so um yeah i'm gonna keep saying retweeted forever um did i know liz cheney's daddy dick cheney is tied up into vanguard yes Yes, that whole Cheney family is tied in deep with all of the, um, with BlackRock too, and all of them. They're Vanguard's deep into military industrial complex stuff. So is BlackRock. So they're all tied in together with all that stuff. Thank you for being here today. Uh, let's see. Pterodactyl, the bar system of British law. Yeah, we do need to go back to British law. But, uh, you know, making a constitutional argument in America right now is, is like, you know, <laughs> Running an election system, leaving the election system to run, run the way it did. You know, it's just pointless to have a uh, an originalist legal discussion in America right now. There's no common sense involved there. So there's that. Fineo in the house. What's good, brother? Um, you don't, you're probably not going to want to listen to me, dude. I'm, I'm annoying. <laughs> and all I do is talk about daily, the stuff of the news of the day, but thanks for following brother JC bird. Thanks for gifting the sub to bill Cooper and all you guys out there. Much love. Thanks for being here today, guys. Uh, let's get, let's get to this article. I wanted to read this one. The strangest recession of our lifetime by uh, Jeffrey Tucker in the epoch epoch times. This will give us some perspective, I think on 
you know, the, uh, the recession and the rest. So I wanted to see this. The evidence of economic weakness and decline fill the headlines day by day with major banks reported lower earnings, big box stores and excessive inventories, um, home sales skidding and consumer sentiment crashing. Meanwhile, inflation in all sectors is raging so high and hot that it has overtaken every issue that polls say matter in the lives of average Americans. This inflationary recession is also called stagflation. It's an odd beast in any case. The combination of both purchasing power declines and falling productivity violates not only every modeling presumption made since the Keynesian revolution of the 1930s, but also just plain intuition. Higher prices are supposed to signal higher demand and or tighter supply, not lower demand and higher supply. So yes, this is strange. We are going to have to get used to it. It's what happens when the money itself loses its integrity. The whole point of money in the first place, the essence of its economic utility, is to provide a common tool of measurement to facilitate trade and enable accounting. Its emergence permits investors, producers, and capital owners to assess the economic reality, rationality of their actions. When money blows up and no longer serves and no longer serves as a reliable guide to economic realities, various degrees of chaos ensue. So when what? So you're saying when you print trillions of dollars, <laughs> bad things happen? Huh, go figure. You can feel like you are getting richer when you are really getting poorer. What what can seem like profits are really losses. What seems like hopeful environment can quickly switch to the other direction and come, become despair. This is why inflation induces such fear in every sector of life. We learned this in the 70s as stagflation gradually took over the, in successive waves until it was stopped in 1981 by two major shifts. Tighter money and a policy emphasis on strong economic growth. What a concept. Now, we don't do that in this world today because fuck you. Joe Biden. Today, we are getting the former, but not the latter, virtually guaranteeing a serious quagmire that will last at least two more years. The economic damage of this period will be too enormous to contemplate. Indeed, it could get bad. But let's take a careful look at the strangest anomaly of all, the unemployment rate. It is historically low right now at 3.6%. That is far lower than it has ever been during any impending recession. In fact, it is as low as any period since World War II. And yet, everyone knows that this is not a reason for hope. The labor participation rate is, is about where it was 40 years ago, and as if the whole experience is of a more inclusive workforce never happened, <laughs> it also is currently falling. There are reasons, both demographic and cultural, for this, but it is impossible to understand without reference to egregious and devastating effects of lockdowns. In other words, the official unemployment rate measures only those who are looking for work right now. It does not count those who are not looking for work who have figured out how to pay the bills by working unofficially. I don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> unofficially, officially, unofficial? That makes sense in a way. Why count people who are not even looking for work as part of the unemployment masses? On the other hand, it's a case of how a statistically accurate number can create a seriously misleading picture. By any standard, this measure of economic health is broken. Every recession on record in the 20th century has been marked by high unemployment. This pattern has been so strong that it has confused even smart economists, many of whom came to believe that the labor problem was itself a cause rather than an effect of the recession. They often sought to solve this issue through through benefits and job creation programs, policy tricks that have never worked. Today, this is no longer today. This no longer works, but this points to a larger problem. Most of these data sets are overly aggregated. The big number treats all workers as 
whole without regard to demographics. The Department of Labor tries to break it down by categories, but not in ways that are potentially helpful, uh, particularly helpful. We can find out all things, all kinds of things about race and gender, but not much about the issue that really terrifies people, which income groups are most vulnerable to job insecurity today. Only 20% of the U.S. workers are able to earn about $100,000 per year, but these are the target jobs that every single college graduate wants. Ironically, this is because everyone knows that these are jobs that require the least work and offer the most benefits. They are the Zoom jobs that everybody wanted to have during the lockdowns because it meant getting up late, wearing PJs all day, and starting cocktail hour mid-afternoon. Life was good. Better than good. My friends, beware. Everything we are seeing among current economic trends suggests that these jobs, more than any other, are vulnerable to being slaughtered in tight economic times. This would be the opposite of the 2008 recession. Back then, unemployment peaked at 10%, but a more careful look at the numbers showed something incredible. This affected the high incomes not at all. Their rate of unemployment never went above 3.2%. Of course. That's always how it works. The breakdown of the data <clears throat> revealed that the unemployment of that period hit mostly the working class's earning ages, almost as if it's purposeful, while leaving the upper upper incomes untouched. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? This disparity of economic suffering was the single most salient feature of that period. This time, we face something completely different. There is a huge shortage of workers willing to earn relatively lower incomes, show up to the office, earn wages, and actually work with their hands, drive the trucks, move the boxes, and make the food. There is, on the other hand, a huge surplus of workers demanding huge salaries to stare at screens, stay home, gossip on Slack, get in people's chat rooms and run their mouths and otherwise deploy their generous benefits packages to their maximum extent. I kid, I kid. I love you guys. This recession will very likely be felt in labor markets severely, but the impact will not be among those who are willing to do actual work versus, uh, versus earn high incomes by virtual, by virtue of their college credentials. <laughs> the people who are in for a rude awakening are those who have herefore too imagined that their CVs alone would guarantee a good life. In other words, this will be a welcome to reality moment for the entire class of people who wrote out the pandemic response by staying home and staying safe while expecting the working classes to serve their every need. They gladly took their stimulus checks, even though they saw no interruption in their income streams, while figuring out very clever ways to trick their bosses into believing they were productive while doing almost nothing at all. Perhaps the best term for our times is reckoning. Thanks to a massive government spending and the magic printing press, the administrative state created a fake world in which the overclass thrived for at least two years. Some might say this fakery actually began in 2008 and continued through the decade. In the end, economic reality can be the slow can be slow to dawn, but the dawn can burn every bright, very bright once it happens. This inflationary recession will be one for the ages. It could be a rare instance in which the overclass itself feels the most pain while workers with actual skills and the desire to produce will find a way to make it, though through every uh, despite every obstacle. The essential workers are about to find out just how essential they really are. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty interesting perspective, I think. Um, the purposeful in, uh, inflationary tactics of our Fed and our government um, in the guise of, of 
printing dollars over and over again, spending debt spending to a point of oblivion and not having any kind of idea of how to get us out of this. Um, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. So, um, you know, I just want to bring you that perspective on it. And uh, Jeffrey Tucker from the Epoch Times talking about how, how uh, <laughs> the Keynesian model, <laughs> the Keynesian model is falling on its face, even though they still believe the vast majority of even those that are in control of Fed policy believe in Keynesian economics, even though common sense and the real world shows you every time that Keynesian economics is a laughable dream. Staying home operation, how'd that expose the cabal in classroom? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, dude. Oh, man. What are we at here? At the top of the hour already. Holy crap. I only got through two sections there. Thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's Monday, and... There ain't a whole lot of stuff going on. I got some interesting articles for the second half. I hope you guys hang out with us. Thanks for being here today, guys. 4817 Gold Pills today. And don't forget to buy me a coffee. I didn't even get to the advertisement, so maybe I should say have you guys say hello to, uh, you know, the webpage and stuff. Do me a favor when you get a moment. Check out the website when you get time. Uh, bookmark it so you can always find me. You can always find the show live on the website as well. You can always watch the show there. You can find the podcast on Podbean, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. Pick one, anyone. Also, don't forget, you can every day, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, Monday through Friday, that is. For some reason, I can't get every day out of my head because every day that matters is Monday through Friday. Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, CloudHub, and Tiger Network are where you can find me. YouTube, Bammy, so be it. Fuck them. Last two shows are always up on the screen as, as on the on the. Website as well as any previous shows that you need to see. If you want to help keep the lights on, I could use your help, to be completely honest. The bills are piling up. Cash at PayPal and Patreon, as well as now you can buy me a coffee as well. And a cute little alert will pop up on the screen if you buy me a coffee. Thanks to everyone so far that has um, that has taken advantage of the buy me a coffee since I started that about a month ago. Your support has been overwhelming and amazing. I appreciate you guys very much. God bless you. Also, MyPillow.com is now a sponsor of Uncensored Day. We appreciate them very much. They have their Percal sheets on a major discount right now if you if you use discount code abe so check that out when you get time only there till they're gone at, at a 60 percent off you also get a free gift if you use discount code abe as well don't forget the my pillows are on sale as well as the slippers and now the sandals are have been launched too as well so check those out when you guys get time those sandals are pretty cool man i'm thinking about getting a set of those don't forget the buy one get one free towel sets and bed sheets as well as my pillow get one free as well as beats towels and go anywhere my pillows scroll down to the website a little bit more so there's some cool stuff at the bottom don't forget to check it out when you get time there's a declaration and constitution some some uh, pretty cool luxury prints within our grasp and the lion of judah i would love to get that i'm thinking about getting that as soon as i get the, my, my bills figured out here still it's going to take me a while to get through this time but i appreciate you guys helping me out so i much love so check out mypillow.com backslash abe when you guys get time get time you can also give them a call directly and use discount code abe 1-800-653-7854 that is 1-800-653-7856. Use discount code A. Much love. I appreciate you guys very much. Um, the, the part, the hard part about my pillow is, is if I don't keep, if I don't, if people don't buy stuff, I can't keep them as a sponsor. So I appreciate you guys going to grab some towels. If you need some towels or whatever you need, I appreciate you guys very much. Much love. Use discount code A. MyPillow.com backslash Abe. Facebook, true social gab links are at the very bottom of the website as well as the email address in the P.O. box. That's how you can get a hold of me. Bookmark the website, uncensoreddave.com when you get time and you'll never miss a show. We appreciate you guys very much. 
all the links as well as, you know, where to find all the different platforms and stuff. So I appreciate you guys for always being here and hanging out with me. Uh, Thumper Rose in the house. Well, if it's any consolation, many of us lost our lives 401k in 2008. Yeah, me as well. I had to learn to, exactly. I had to build back from scratch since 2008. Just now getting into a house for the first time since since their um, purposeful destruction of the housing market that I got wrapped myself into, of course, even though I took, the, I did ignored good advice. Ay, ay, ay. How did the cure can't be worse than the infection? <laughs> Whatever happened to that idea? Yeah. Purposeful indeed. All right. Um, let's, let's, let's see. Where should we go here, guys? How about we go check in with Telegram and see if there's anything breaking out there? We can do that. And then we'll get to the other articles that I got up today as well. When is Social Security? Uh, when is Social Security is earned income? Uh, Sixty-five, I think. If if that's your question, I'm not I'm not quite sure if that's your question, but all right. Um, let's see what's going on at um, Telegram Babylon B study finds ninety-seven percent of Dateline viewers are women researching how to kill their husbands. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Babylon B with some fire today. Dr. Fauci finally set to retire. See you later. Don't let the door hit in the ass. Uh, Monkeypox is now a pandemic. Oh, boy. Judo Chinese conquest of America is nearly complete. Yes, I think you're right there, Patrick. Uh, we're going to talk about Ukraine here at the, at the top of the hour right off the bat, so we'll get to that here in just a moment. Katie Hobbs is tied to Stacey Abrams and George Soros. Katie is also running for governor. She needs to go to jail. Yeah. People in uh, Georgia are about fed up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden for the second half here a little bit. Um, let's see. Just when we thought we'd seen the worst in people were proven wrong. Parents of the year, at Atlanta duo arrested for death of two-month-old baby with cocaine in his system. Oh, God. 36-year-old today, Aliens premiered in theaters. There you go. That's important. And that's it. <laughs> Not a whole lot. It's pretty quiet out there in Telegram. So let's keep going. Let's keep moving here today then. Uh, and we'll get to some of the other news that I got lined up for you today. Larry Doyle from the Financial Bounty Hunters and and the case versus uh, Doyle Monahan versus IRS and the Clinton Foundation whistleblowers. That case is still kind of lingering out there. And he had um, some interesting things to say. Actually, I only heard part of it. So I want to go back and listen to it all. Um, he has some things he had, he had to say today, I think it was. And I wanted you all to hear it as well. Good afternoon. Monday, July 18th, 2022. Larry Doyle, Clinton Foundation whistleblower here. This is going to be a, a two-part video clip. Given the fact that our case in the U.S. tax court was partially unsealed about six weeks or so ago, we've had a lot of people inquiring if we can give them a Reader's Digest version as to exactly what is going on. Okay. Again, for purposes of background, my partner and I, we filed our IRS whistleblower submission on the Clinton Foundation in August of 2017. We testified to Congress in December of 2018. In early 2019, in February of 2019, the IRS uh, gave a final denial to our, to our submission. Okay, As was our right, we appealed that denial to the U.S. Tax Court. We had about a dozen law firms tell us that we would have less than a 1% chance of our appeal being accepted by the tax court. 
Despite those odds, on August 28, 2019, our appeal was accepted by the U.S. Tax Court. Well, how about that? That's a major win for us, okay? In November, the IRS filed for what's known as summary judgment, that is, dismissal of the case. Now, be mindful that whistleblower submissions and whistleblower cases are limited to a review of the administrative record. That is, how did the IRS handle our case and how did they uh, record the handling of the case, okay? We immediately uh, uh, filed a response, you know, to that summary judgment motion saying, you know, that that's, that's ridiculous in so many words. Okay, shortly thereafter, the IRS placed on the administrative record over 6,000 pages of documented exhibits, which we had filed previously in support of our uh, submission, okay? Close to a year, is go, a year goes by, and on October 8th, 2020, the judge in our case uh, ruled in a major win for us, and this is a quote, petitioners, that's myself and my partner, allege, but the administrative record does not reflect that in this same general time period, one of them had a tele- telephone conversation with a special agent of the FBI. Okay, that's uh, the first half. Let me let me play the second half here. Hold on. Okay. It's having a problem here loading. Hold on a sec. Let me try refreshing this. There we go. Okay, part two of our video clip. Given the fact that uh, one of us, and it was me, had a conversation with a special agent in the FBI, uh, you know, that lends itself to there, that there was some sort of uh, criminal review of our uh, submission. But the judge inquired in his October 8, 2020 ruling, but was IRS criminal investigation working with the petitioners, that's us, or not? IRS criminal investigation did not say, and this is a quote, it gives us no confidence in the whistleblower office's determination to note that in 2018, criminal investigation had to be asked three times to complete its form for this case, giving unacceptable responses to the whistleblower office and grousing that it's somebody else's job. We therefore hold that the administrative record containing petitioner's detailed allegations and CI's non-response fails to support the whistleblower office conclusion that CI had not proceeded with any action based on petitioner's information. Accordingly, we deny the motion on the grounds that the whistleblower office abused its discretion in reaching its conclusion because not all of its factual determinations underlying that conclusion are supported by the record. Subsequent to that, the the IRS requested a remanding of the case, send the case back to us, and the judge said, we are going to send it back specifically for investigation and development of the record as to whether CI proceeded with an investigation. Okay? Again, fast forward close to a year, and over the course, beginning in March, and over the course of the last four months, you know, upwards of a thousand pages of exhibits, primarily submitted by us, even though the IRS was the one who uh, the case was remanded to, to develop that record. Okay? Just a short while ago, so lots of, lots of information to address that question. A month ago, the IRS requested a stay of the case. 
Let's hold on. The judge denied that. We're moving forward. That is big news for sure. So I will definitely keep an eye on that, guys. I'm monitoring their telegram and um, making sure that uh, anytime they give updates that I bring them to you guys. So there you go. There's uh, Larry Doyle. God bless him, man. (laughs) I'm not even going to say it. God watch over him, please. Some interesting happenings in Ukraine this weekend. As it seems as if <laughs> the the militaries or the agencies of the world are at war with those who are at war. <laughs> because weapons depots keep fucking blowing up all over the world. There's another one in freaking Syria. In Iran, there was weird explosions. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You do, it's hard to say, but there's just. It, am I wrong in, in kind of presenting it that way? <laughs> Look at this. This is in your Donetsk, Ukraine. This is a Russian ammo depot. This was on. What day was this on? This was on. This was dropped today. There's our taxpayer dollars, fam. Isn't that great? Isn't that great watching our taxpayer dollars go up in smoke? Hey, I think we should send another couple million dollars to Ukraine and have that go up in smoke, too. What a genius idea. Fuck Joe Biden. So there's that. Um, that happened uh, this weekend. And then there was this. A Ukrainian pr- plane crash reveals... U.S. deals of U.S. sanctioned Serbian arms dealer. While those were probably Russians in that uh, explosion, in this explosion, they were American. Uh, our taxpayer dollars. So, yeah. Anyways. Slobodan Tesic even registered a company in Florida in his name despite being under U.S. sanctions. This article dropped today in Arms Watch. Chris, thank you. Thank you for the cup of coffee. I appreciate that very much. God bless you. Thank you. It's all on the grind, Sergeant. All right, I want to read this article to you again. I don't. I don't know this. What the hell just happened? Y'all are going nuts out there. <laughs> Three cups of coffee from. Uh, I typed in. Ah, Deplora Laura. It always puts um, in my Twitter name. Gotcha. Great show. Love you all. Thank you. You are awesome. Deplora Laura, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you very much. God bless you. Thank you guys for the support. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I need it. So I appreciate it. All right. The Serbian Z, have you heard of this arms watch? The, the, the arms wonk, most of these are, are highly biased. So I'm, I'm reading this with, with a complete... Uh, assuming that there's a lot of bias in this. So just, uh, just from there, and then we'll go from there. The article caught my eye, though. Coffee sounds good. I had a couple this morning. It was hot as hell outside today. How's the heat out there, by the way, in Texas? It's like 87 today here in Wisconsin. It's going to be 85 tomorrow, and then 80 on Wednesday, and then back in the high 80s. So stay warm out there. Stay cool out there, fam. Veronica, God bless you. I would never call Joe Biden by his name. He's forevermore pedal Peter. <laughs> uh, don't worry. They'll send it. Yeah, no kidding. They, they will. 
Uh, I get mad. Uh, Jason, I get mad about uh, the Ukrainian thing. I know. It's just ridiculous, dude. It is. Uh, Arms Watch. Have you heard of ArmsWatch.com? The Serbian arms company Valir, D-O-O, which exported weapons on the ill-fated Meridian air cargo flight on Saturday, is at the center of new shocking revelations. The Ukrainian cargo plane crashed in northern Greece, killing all eight crew members on board. White substances of unknown origins, as we saw uh, stories of people fleeing the area because of something burning. The resident... (laughs) Following the tragedy, the Greek authorities warned about white substance of unknown origin at the crash site. A a fire brigade official told told reporters that firefighters felt their lips burning and white dust was floating in the air. The substance, excuse me, has been examined and not found to be radioactive or biological material. Hazardous to public health, said the local mayor. The plane had been chartered to transport weapons from Nish to Bangladesh with two scheduled technical stops in Amman, Jordan and Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Both of them, those countries are bordering on war zones in Syria and Yemen. According to the Serbian defense minister, Naboya Stavanovic, um, the dangerous cargo included 11 and a half tons of illuminating mortar shells and mortar shells for training the Bangladeshi army and were exported by the Syrian company Valir D.O.O. Who's the real owner? Serbian media have asked if the real owner of Valir D.O.O. is the Serbian arms dealer Slobodan Tesic. Even though his name is not listed anywhere, Tesic has been described by the U.S. Treasury Department as being among the biggest dealers of arms and munitions in the Balkans. Huh. He has been under U.S. sanctions since, since December 2017. Tesic spent nearly a decade on the United Nations travel ban list for violating U.N. sanctions against arms exports to Liberia in 2003. In order to secure arms contracts with various countries, according to the U.S. Uh, Treasury Department, Tesic would directly or indirectly provide bribes and financial assistance. Tesic took uh, potential clients on high-value vacations, paid for their children's education at Western schools or universities, and used large bribes to secure contracts. In 2012, the Serbian Progressive Party came to power. The new government managed to remove Slobodan Tesic from the United Nations blacklist. The Minister of Foreign Affairs even accorded him with a diplomatic transport passport, excuse me, without him being a diplomat. Funny how that works. Serbian Progressive Party. Gee, who do you think they're tied in with? (laughs) The Soroses and the Rothschilds of the world. You know, getting an arms dealer taken off the United Nations blacklist. That That's how global uh, Game of Thrones works here, guys. The United Nations in 2019, excuse me, in 2019, the United States imposed sanctions of nine of his associates in a statement released on December 9th. The Treasury Department said the nine have acted or purported to act on behalf of Tesic, who has been in the United States sanctions list and has now has his assets frozen. Coincidentally, the company Valir Du was registered just two weeks after the new sanctions against Tesic and his team were imposed. The company's founder and director, Stefan Kovic, Kovic? Yeah. Uh, according to the information obtained by the Serbian Trade Registry, he was also the representative of Elvante Limited in Syria, uh, whose director was Goran Andrich one of the nine Serbians linked to Tesic and blacklisted by the United States. Another company represented by Stefan Kapkovic, uh, which is indirectly linked to Slobodan Tesic, 
is Lusor, D-O-O. Its address is the same as the address of Alvante Limited. Funny how that works, all these little shadow companies and the rest. According to Serbian media, the real owner of the company, Lusor D.O.O., is a Yemeni citizen with a Serbian passport, Khalid Hamed, with close links to Slobodan Tesic. On, 20, on October 4th, 2021, Tunisia issued an international arrest warrant for Slobodan Tesic on suspicion that he participated in corruption and money laundering activities. In the United States, he's been busy as well. Tesic, while he's been under U.S. sanctions meaning that he cannot deal with any company in the United States, Valer D.O.O. has exported 249 tons of Serbian weapons to the United States in 2021 and 2022, according to U.S. import data and public records. In 2020 alone, the company declared 15.4 million U.S. annual revenue just a year since its incorporation. <laughs> you know this guy's linked with CIA. He's definitely got links in the intelligence agencies. You know what I'm saying? In the State Department as well. That's how they that's how they work. You know, they find guys like this to move their weapons around. Cannot deal with anyone in the United States. Wink wink. <laughs> Sounds like all the world's criminal children coming to get here to get an education. Yeah, exactly. From 9 November 2021 to 20 June 2022. Valir D.O.O. exported 98.7 tons of cartridges, 5.56 and 9 by 19 millimeter, by sea from Germany to the United States. The buyer of all six shipments was the American company Erie Ordnance Depot, LLC. Another American company, Nemo Arms Incorporated, imported 150 tons of ammunition in 2021, with the exporter being, again, Valir D.O.O. The cargo was transported by sea from Bar, Croatia, to Wilmington, United States. <laughs> 260,000 pieces of 5.56 by 45 millimeter UN cartridges, small arms class. Huh. I wonder if uh, this is, I wonder if the IRS knows anything about this stuff. Anyone have any idea if the IRS has any involvement in this? <laughs> I'm just asking questions here, okay? On, Fe on 2 February 2021, Valir D.O.O. exported 10 million pieces of 565 by 45 bullets to U.S. company Nemo Arms. These cartridges are manufactured by Privy Partisan Serbia, and they are NATO standard. Privy Partisan is a state-run arms factory and is listed on the company's website among the Valir's main partners, along with other Serbian state arms manufacturers of the Serbian Ministry of Defense, controlled by... Of course, who else do you think they're controlled by? Benghazi indeed comes to mind, brother. Despite being under U.S. sanctions, Tesic registered a company in the United States. Huh. It's funny how that works, isn't it? In 2019, Slobodok Tesic registered a company in the United States, Style Cupid Incorporated. There is no information on what activities this company has had, but I would venture a guess to say it's just a money laundering operation. <laughs> Style Cupid Incorporated became inactive on 31 of March, 31 March of this year. According to the company, it was registered at 5519 North Military Trail, 1016 Boca Raton, Florida. <laughs> nice. Good stuff from armswatch.com. Um, Those of you who may be interested in the information in the article and want to do a little bit deeper dive on that. I did go a little bit deeper um, before I brought this to you guys just to verify Somalia comes to mind too. 
Uh, should we keep going, brother? Syria comes to mind. Afghanistan comes to mind. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. I hear you. All right, so if anyone wants that information out there, there's, I did go deeper, um, and you can find some interesting stuff about who t- who's tied to those companies, but I couldn't really find any, you know, it's nothing that really caught my eye deeper than what that article covered. So there's that if you don't want to waste your time digging deeper. What else we got here today? It's almost 530 already, fam. DOJ shielding records on Hunter Biden and Durham lawsuit probes. Durham probes. Wait, hold on a second. I completely dyslexic that. <laughs> DOJ shielding records on Hunter Biden Durham probes lawsuit. <laughs> Interesting headline. The U.S. Department of Justice is withholding records related to high-profile investigations, including the probe into President Joe Biden's son, according to a new lawsuit. Of course, if there's criminal activity, uh, they're forced to withhold it. So you can't talk about ongoing investigations. So I don't know. But the point of this is there's whole high profile investigations going on with Hunter Biden. Protect the public's trust that Watchdog has been seeking records, seeking ethics waivers and determinations on allowing potentially conflicted employees to work on cases, but have been stymied. The group submitted a, a FOIA records request on June 1st, but did not receive a response for over a year, including on June 1st, 2021, according to the suit. After inquiring about the status of the June 10th, 2022, the Watchdog received an acknowledgement that had been sent to the wrong email address but the records have still not been sent nor have key determinations about the records which will be provided which violates federal law but again the uh these people don't care about the law so based on the doj's recent email quote it appears that the department has no intention of responding to the plaintiff's request anytime soon protect the public's trust said in a filing in federal court in washington given these facts it appears that the absent litigation uh the department Given these facts, it appears that absent litigation, the department has not and does not intend to meet its statutory obligations to provide the requested records. Point here being, (laughs) absent litigation. Is Hunter under investigation or not? The documents would help shed light on potential conflicts of interest, according to the watchdog, including whether Joe Biden appointed Nicholas McQuaid, a top DOJ official, is involved at all. With the investigation into Biden's son, Hunter Biden, McQuaid's former colleague is representing Hunter Biden, who has said he is under investigation for tax related issues. Documents obtained by the Epoch Times indicate that the probe touches on Hunter Biden's business dealings with China. Susan Hennessy, meanwhile, was hired in 2021 from CNN to be the lawyer at the DOJ. (laughs) She was hired from CNN to be a lawyer at the DOJ. That how 2020 of a statement is that? Way to get your way to get a promotion there. What is it? I'm not even going to say it. Before she was hired, she described the investigation from Special Counsel John Durham, which was has uncovered more details about the effort to spy on candidate Donald Trump and his associates in 2016 as partisan silliness. <laughs> Quote: Have these officials been granted waivers to participate in these matters, which would likely fall into their portfolios? Protect the votes. Public trust said in a statement by its refusal to properly respond to this FOIA request. As required by law, DOJ is hiding this information from the American public. DOJ did not respond (laughs) for request for comment. But again, the angle that I see on this, and tell me if I'm wrong, anyone out there, is that if there's ongoing litigation, the DOJ can't talk about any of that stuff. So I don't know. 
I don't know. It, you know, the, as far as I know, and, and anyone out there that, that has conflicting information, please tell me in chat. As far as I know, that investigation into Hunter Biden's criminal activity with regards to uh, the IRS is still ongoing in Delaware. We have seen no, no indication that I've seen that of any other uh, uh, any other angle on that. But if you guys have, let me know. So, all right. So there's that today uh, from the Epoch Times. I had to archive it to get it pay to play. I no one has a FOIA blinking activities in 18 months. You know, I did notice that too. Uh, the FOIA back backlog is happening now. Um, Z Patriot, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I'll give you that. From Breitbart, armed citizen foils mass shooting and and, and kills an Indiana mall attacker. Another whack job kid. I'm sure you guys have all heard of this, but I just wanted to make sure that you guys heard about the good guy with a gun that saved lives at a mall this weekend in Indianapolis. That's why I carry everywhere I go, man, because you just never know in this world that we live in anymore. God bless you guys. And once again, man, a good guy with a gun, go freaking figure. I just don't like guns. If what if like what I heard this, somebody say this this weekend, what if like guns just like didn't exist anymore? Like, I feel like, I feel like guns just shouldn't, shouldn't exist anymore. Hey, dummy, tell that to a criminal. <laughs> you're just gonna you're just gonna delete guns off the planet, huh? I feel like I feel like it's it's warmer today, and and I feel like um, it, global warming is happening because it's hot today. <laughs> Woosa! I gotta read this one. This one also in zero hedge. Zero Heads does a good job of, of uh, co- uh, you know, finding great writers to, um, to highlight. House Republicans are seriously regretting giving Ukrainian-born GOP representative Victoria Sparks a platform to speak on, after, on the war after she started lobbying intense criticism at Vladimir Zelensky and his administration, drawing a rare rebuke last weekend from Ukrainian foreign ministry, which she was uh, trying to earn extra political capital on baseless speculation. According to Politico, Republicans within the GOP conference have widespread fear that her outspoken posture will damage U.S.-Ukraine relations. I hope so. And that the MAGA wing of their party, which has seen growing opposition to U.S. support for Ukraine war, will point to Spatz's comments as justification. Uh Uh-oh. Can't have that. Can't have that, can we? Uh, the, the, The hawks of our party. The rhinos of our party. That's all. They have to have war. They need war. They love blood. They need blood in their lives. And they need money, too. They need their kickbacks from their donors. So, Sparse, who has traveled to Ukraine about six times since the war began, released a statement earlier this month calling on Zelensky to stop playing politics and theater and start governing to better support his military and local government. She also accused President Joe Biden of playing politics and said he needs to present a clear strategy and aligned security assistance with our strategy. What a concept. No, let's just set up a bunch of freaking money. Watch it go up in flames. Lastly, she called on lawmakers to establish proper oversight of critical infrastructure and delivery of weapons and aid, a concern shared among progressives over the possibility that weapons could end up in the wrong hands. Oh, gee, you think? Do-do-do. That's the, that's the purpose, actually. That's what they're trying to do. 
The extraordinary statement comes after Representative Victoria Sparks out of Indiana asked President Joe Biden to brief Congress on years-old allegations against President Vladimir Zelensky's chief of staff, Andre Yermak. Earlier this week, the freshman lawmaker also slammed both Biden and Zelensky for their approaches on their ongoing war, infuriating officials in both countries, says Political. One anonymous GOP lawmaker who serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee told Political, her naiveness is hurting our own people, and it's not helpful to what we're trying to do, and I'm sure her facts are accurate, but we have vetted these guys. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) You vetted them, huh? You you mean the military-industrial complex vetted them? (sighs) Another senior House Republican who spoke on condition of anonymity simply said, what the fuck? (laughs) Panic spreads. What about our infrastructure? No, we don't do that. We just send money to to the pockets of uh, globalists. A third House Republican granted an anonymity to speak, candidly about Sparks, said she has a reputation for elbowing her way into briefings and meetings for committees she doesn't belong to, like the Foreign Affairs panel where multiple members have tried to address her comments behind closed doors. Oh, no, we can't have that. Sounds like uh, this person is uh, interesting. Trying to get some information out there, you know what I'm saying? The Biden administration is even getting involved. Another sign of growing worries that uh, Sparks' comments may damage cohesion among Western coalition. What cohesion? There is no freaking cohesion. What are you talking about? A foreign affairs committee aide said, speaking on a condition of anonymity, the U.S. intelligence community is planning to brief Sparks about her claims in a classified setting on Friday. See, what you don't understand, Miss Sparks, is you just don't have all the information that we have here in the U.S. intelligence community. Yeah, we have the best of information available, and you need to toe the party line here. <laughs> Lindsey Graham said, I don't share her criticisms. Uh-huh, of course he did. I believe that the Zelensky government and the Ukrainian people have risen to the moment. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's in our national security interest to stand with the Ukrainian people and their elected leadership. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard any rhino say in my life. What the fuck is the strategy here? What gov- what U.S. interest is there in Ukraine? Can I get one person to say this to me? Anyone out there? There, Lindsey Graham. What, what's, what's the U.S. national security interest in Ukraine? Would you like to go on the record and tell us that? She defended herself, saying, Growing up in Ukraine, huh, well, gives you some perspective, maybe? <laughs> Give it time, they'll say something dumber. Growing up in Ukraine and visiting six times since the war started, I have a comprehensive understanding of the situation on the ground, adding, The stakes are too high to be reactive without deliberation as intended for our institution. Gee, you think... No, what we do is, is we have our intelligence community submit briefings to create narratives. We don't, we don't want to actually know what the facts on the ground are, because then that would... Sometimes that would contradict our narrative and change the public's information on what they know. No, we can't have that, can we? Ukraine has pretty trees. <laughs> 
So there you go. There's that Victoria Sparks. I'm going to keep more an eye on her and see what else she has going on out there and bring you some more information from her upcoming, uh, see what else she has to say. Cause something tells me she knows what's going on. Heather Sawyer. Have you guys heard of this name before? Heather Sawyer is an attorney for Feinstein and she was in the Kavanaugh hearing and now she's got her paws, her grubby little paws on Gableman here in Wisconsin. Remember this little weasel back here, this short haired fucking freak back here. Remember that one? Yeah, that's the one. Her and Feinstein's little buddy. Remember that freak? Always sitting behind Feinstein with a short hair looking like a, I don't know, an it. The same individual who worked for Senator Feinstein is in the Kavanaugh hearing is behind the nonprofit attempting to derail Judge Gableman's investigation into the 2020 election here in Wisconsin. Judge Gableman was asked to investigate the 2020 election more than a year ago. And here we are still talking about it. Within weeks, Gableman was ready to sit down with election directors across the state, but some key election workers refused to meet with Gableman. In response, Gableman issued subpoenas to these individuals to provide the information he requested, but they refused. They still refuse, and there's nothing anyone in the state is doing to bring these people to justice for not complying with a former Supreme Court judge. We've reported on Gableman's efforts to get to the truth numerous times. In addition to ignoring Gableman's request... Another far-left nonprofit has entered the scene and is attacking Gableman in an attempt to muddy his name and derail his investigation. The group is named American Oversight, and they have now sued Gableman four times in efforts to obtain his records related to his investigation. The DC In D.C., the FBI says for years that they have open investigations, and that is why they can't provide the documents in response to open records requests. But in Wisconsin, a far-left entity is demanding Gableman's records even though he's not done with his investigation. Hmm. American Oversight claims to be a non-biased entity, (laughs) but like all far-left entities, their actions speak louder than words. The head of American Oversight is Heather Sawyer. It (laughs) It group lists it accomplishments as below. For her work at the ACLU and the AIDS Foundation and the AIDS Legal Council of Chicago and blah, blah, fucking blah, Dartmouth College and the University of Chicago, yeah, whatever. You know who she is. She's a fucking Nazi. What is not highlighted about the head of the American Oversight is that Heather Sawyer, the Nazi, worked for Editor Diane Feinstein during the Kavanaugh hearings. It was reported that the staffer of Feinstein's leaked the Ford story to the press. You can't make this shit up. That's right. A staff member for Senator Dianne Feinstein is thought to have been responsible for leaking Christine Blasey Ford's allegations against the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. Sean Davis wrote a tweet that said, according to multiple sources familiar with Judiciary's Kavanaugh's investigation, Feinstein staff staffer Heather Sawyer leaked Ford's letter. you can always find a short-haired, useful idiot to do your bidding for you, can't you? 
there are no shortage of useful idiots, completely brainwashed Nazis out there that'll do whatever they're told. Coming to us from Andy No in, in Portland today, alleged Portland Antifa member faces federal charges over a $164,000 riot rampage. I have been looking and looking and looking, and I even told the freaking detective that was here, I've been, why doesn't anybody tell us when Antifa gets arrested or is held under charges or is held accountable? Why does this stuff never get released? Never hear about it. So I finally freaking found one from Andy No. The accused rioter caught on surveillance video was facing federal charges for tens of thousands of dollars in damages to federal property at three separate Portland riots. This it is going to jail for a long time. <laughs> so there you go. This is all the, also the guy that has been trying to attack Andy Noe's uh, book and stuff like that. So have fun in prison. Get bent, scumbag. I hope he gets more than just, uh, you know, the, the money side of it, but we'll, I'll wait. Hunter Biden back in the news today in the New York Post. You know, I got to try to do one every day. No one else is going to freaking talk about it, so I have to. Hunter Biden laptop shows dozens of meetings with his dad and business partners. I was, wait, you, CNN said, ABC told me that there's no here here, so why are you even wasting time on this? Because ABC is reliable, okay? And then NPR also said that there's no here here either, so why, why are you even talking about this stuff? And it's the New York Post, like, they're not even reliable. Like, really, the New York Post? Okay, now that we've got rid of all the simplified dumb fucks out of here, Hunter Biden met with his father at least 30 times at the White House or the vice president's residence, often just days after returning home from overseas business jaunts, the breakfasts, lunches, and gab fest between 2008 and 2016 raised questions about whether Hunter was, you know, relaying messages to his father on behalf of foreign clients like China. Nothing to see here. The meetings were found in a review of the personal calendar on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. Eric Schwerin, the president of Hunter Biden's investment company, Rosemont Seneca Partners, is named as a calendar invite recipient on 21 of the 30 listed meetings with a green check frequently indicating his confirmed receipt of the invite for meetings with the vice president. Schwerin was a longtime Hunter Biden business confidant and had access to Elder Biden's personal financial information. House GOP conference chair Elise Stefniak, Stefanik, I don't know why I cannot say her name. For some reason, it's Stefniak, even though it's Stefanik, clearly, who has promised a subpoena to Hunter Biden should the Republicans take back control in 2022. So... The fuck's Congress gonna do? What are you? You're, what are you gonna do? Subpoena them and then have them all say, "Yep, we're all criminals." And then what? Then we'll all know that they're all criminals, and Congress still won't fucking do anything because they have no teeth to what they can do. Hardly a day goes by, we, but we'll talk about it some more. I definitely want to talk more about this stuff. Hardly a day goes by without another revelation about how intimately involved Joe Biden was with his son Hunter Biden's corrupt business dealings. Stefanik said the fact that Joe was in meetings with senior foreign leaders on behalf of Hunter and his business associates while vice president further proves that Joe has been lying to the American people. Hunter Biden often would huddle with his dad in the days and even minutes after high profile meetings. 
Hunter Biden met with Daniel Kablan Duncan, the prime minister of Cote d'Ivoire, on April 15, 2016, in Washington, D.C., his calendar shows at 8.15 a.m. sit-down was quickly followed by a 9 a.m. confab with Vice President Biden at the Naval Observatory. The purpose of his meeting with Caban is unclear, but between February 15, 2018, February 15th and the 18th of 2012, Hunter Biden was wined and dined by billionaire oligarchs in Moscow, including one now wanted for murder... <laughs> Four days after his return, Hunter Biden met with Vice President Biden again at the Naval Observatory. On November 4th, 2015, Hunter Biden met with Romanian ambassador to the United States, George Mayor. The four headed off for meetings in that country. He returned on November 17th and had breakfast with his father at the Naval Observatory two days later. Just months after the trip, he teamed up with former FBI Director Louis Free to help Romanian businessman Gabriel Pavicu avoid jail time. In another meeting with the royalty, the crown prince of Yugoslavia told the, pro the Post he was hoping Hunter could, you know, put in a good word with his dad about possible rehab in the royal palace in Belgrade. More times in Colombia. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. But since we uh, live in a world of Department of Just Us, um, we, we just basically seize power of the most powerful country in the world to cover it up. That's how we do things in America now. When the global oligarchs steal a country. Interesting news story from uh, Friday. The United States and Russia are going to resume space flights to the International Space Station. Huh. Huh. <laughs> We're going to a world war. We're all going to die. But also, the United States and NASA and Moscow space stations are working together again. So, I, <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. I thought, like, six months ago, weren't they talking about blowing up the space station? Wasn't that the sable rattling I was hearing coming out of uh, Putin's mouth? Now we're resuming flights back and forth. So on Thursday, NASA announced the U.S.-Russia agreement to seat swap flights to the International Space Station. The first woman in Russia's cosmonaut team may embark on her flight aboard the USS or the U.S. Crew Dragon spaceship under the seat swap program on September 1st. So there you go. NASA just wants another billion. Yeah, probably. So there's that. All right. That's pretty much all the big stuff I had for today. Uh, let's go check in with Telegram, and then we'll do some Q posts here to finish off the show here today. Some, There's about 22 Q posts that we should read. Cognitive carbon genocide is the only word for what they did. Indeed, it is. We all mourn the loss of Dr. Zelenko, but listen to this great man talk about the shocking hydroxychloroquine situation. Indeed, lots of stuff still happening out there on that front as well. Crimes against humanity. This is the most unhinged thing you'll ever see. Oh, God. What is this now? Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman. They will come for our right to love who we love. They will come for marriage equality. Hey, Bonnie, uh, you don't fuck goats, and you can't love goats either, okay? They may not come for interracial marriage for the obvious reason. 
<laughs> but we know that Clarence Thomas is chomping at the bit to get at our rights. <laughs> the current court is a threat, not just to our country and not just to our democracy, but to our planet. Because last month, cl climate change, which is the single... Climate change? Listen to these people! ...greatest existential threat to our planet, the court crippled the administration's ability to mitigate, to address, to think forwardly, and to remediate. You know, this far-right extremist on the courts, so they've made the, these decisions to act against the will of the human Jersey. race, not to mention the American people. She's a fucking puppet and while put the into place. the growing legitimacy crisis is more visible now, more than ever, the conservative legal movement was eroding our rights long before Dawes. In 2010, the court ruled that wealthy donors and corporations uh, have more... Just, just go out there and just read this and act very upset, okay? Just, I know you don't understand anything that's in here, and you're going to have to really study it to read it. So I want you to read about 10 times before you go out there, and then just go out there and read it, okay? You're not going to understand a single word that's in it. I know you're too stupid to understand anything that this says, but just go out there and get upset and say, we're going we're, we're gonna to pack the court. <laughs> New from the Babylon Bee, centuries-old theological debate settled on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Lone Raccoon going on OAN about 6 p.m. hour. That's awesome. Uh, Lone, Lone Raccoon been doing some great work out there. He's got a new server up. I'm going to start bringing you some stuff from him as well. I've been bringing you stuff from him for a long time, but good stuff there on that front. Uh, let's see here. Let's check in with... Uh, the Halls of Justice Watchtower. What's going on over here with this feed? President Trump, uh, big day tomorrow in Maryland as the, uh, yeah. Compiled footage from the day of the flood resulting in damage in Yellowstone. Holy crap. Did you see that? Hold on, look at this. And you're over here like making fun of global warming. And th then this is over here happening, man. It's not very funny now, is it? Man, that shit's, that's a, some serious water. You know, it's almost like we could figure out maybe, you know, a, a way to, um, to solve our drought problems with, with all that water, you know, it seems like um, be be a good way to, to do that. But no, 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 we, we don't do that. We we send all of our water to Mexico and into the ocean because we're too fucking stupid to solve drought problems in this in this world now. Lamar River near, near Buffalo Ranch. So there you go, uh, Yellowstone. I heard that there was a lot of damage in uh, in Yellowstone. That it was it was one of the worst uh, floods ever. Now this is um, Garden River North Entrance Road. Holy cow! 
And like always, water on our earth reshapes our land. <sighs> no. This never happened before. <laughs> what state? Um, what is um, where is Yellowstone? Wyoming or, or is it in North Dakota? I don't actually. I'm not familiar with. I don't even know. I've never been there. <laughs> wow. So there you go. I saw some some news hits out there that uh, Yellowstone got hit bad, but I had no idea it was. I mean, did you see the beginning of that? That shit's crazy, dude. Holy, look at that. Wow. So there you go. Uh, let's see what else is going on out there. That's from Police Frequency just now. Uh, Brian Cates, what do you got going on out there, brother? New York Times poll, Biden at approval. Why does anybody even talk about polls? Bannon makes a statement outside of the courthouse just now. This I want to hear. Look, it was a very good first day. It was a long day for uh, jury selection. I really want to thank all the jurors for being uh, being true. Um, let me boost that for you guys a little bit. I got it turned down a little bit. So let me let me go ahead and get it up there a notch for you guys. So make it a little bit easier for you to hear. Uh, he just has his first day of trial. Pulling blood. I thought that was great. And we look forward to tomorrow. We're coming back. Ah, hold on. Let me rewind that some. I really want to thank all the jurors for being uh, being truthful and blunt. I thought that was great. And we look forward to tomorrow. We're coming back. We get into it tomorrow. So we're looking forward. And uh, I think we would have been more productive if we've been on Capitol Hill in front of open mics addressing the nation with exactly all this nonsense, this show trial they've been putting up on uh, on Capitol Hill. It's nothing but a show trial. It's time they start having other witnesses. They give other son other testimony other than what they've been putting up. So we'll see you here tomorrow morning. I want to thank the judge. Thank everybody. <laughs> uh, discovery in this case is going to be very interesting. Hank said, um, Yellowstone is in Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana. It's in three states. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's crazy. Did you guys know that? <laughs> oh, there you go. Cat girl did. <laughs> I didn't know that. All right. So there's Bannon outside the courtroom today. They're saying this is going to go pretty quick. And I hope the evidence that gets submitted shows proof that, uh, that it is a sham and they have no actual authority to subpoena anybody. So have a nice life. So we'll see if that's what actually comes from it. Um, and everybody's showing this Rachel Levine clip too. I could fucking care less what Rachel Levine has to say. Completely, I could I could go through the rest of my day with never, I could go through the rest of my life never seeing a picture of Rachel Levine ever again or hearing anything that that person ever has to say. I really do not give a flying fuck what that person has to say. Moving on. Q post 3442 came in on July 18th, 2019. It says, please revert to back to the original form. <laughs> and the Q posts uh, were changing around, or the, the threads were changing around. Make mental institutions great again. Man. Can we fund padded rooms in Ukraine? 3443, July 18th, 228, on July 18th, 2019. We'll do thank you board order uh, and the capture stuff. So this was when um, they were. 
he was like, no, you need to go back to the way things were. So that was the beginning of that. Then on July 18th, 2019 at 2.09 p.m., this shows up. Symbolism will be their downfall. I believe that was in Syria, if I remember correctly. All, all over the place. 34.47 came in at 5 p.m. 58 seconds Eastern. It says people are pawns in their sick game of global domination. People are divided to prevent a rising of the people. People are divided and taught to fight themselves instead of the ruling class. Race versus race, religion versus religion, political versus political, class versus class, sex versus sex. When you are divided, you are weak. When you are weak, you have no power. When you have no power, you have no control. Stay strong, patriots. Stay united, not divided. You are what matters. You awake is their greatest fear. Q reposts that post from 6 March 2019. It says, what happens when the public finds out the truth? What happens when the fake news media can no longer control the narrative when disinformation is no longer swallowed and or accepted as, as auto truth change is coming. The great awakening Q. Gotta love it. Vanity fair article dropped on the next one at five twelve PM panic in DC. Jeffrey Epstein case grows more grotesque. 3449 came in at 51557. Facebook survey asked users to if they condone pedophilia. Worth remembering. Mark Zuckerberg on the picture. <laughs> Worth remembering. And the fact that Facebook was created to condone pedophilia and normalize it is part of what our way our awakening is happening. 3450 came in on July 18th, 2019, and we'll finish the show with that one. Jake Tapper's explore further, um, explore further note of the date on the post. Um, just, I'm scanning the rest of them that are left. Ah, the clock, um, the watch ones show up. <laughs> That's pretty cool. The time on the clock. We, we analyzed everything you could possibly analyze from these watches. There's a few interesting things that happen around them. When the news is no longer trustworthy, it is up to each one of us to use discernment, have faith and trust in yourself. Unity, not the vision where we go one, we go all cue. When was the last time you witnessed a Democrat Party leader being patriotic, exhibiting national pride and love of country? When was the last time you witnessed a Democrat Party leader speak out against the riots, violence in the streets, MSDNC projecting peaceful protests? When was the last time you witnessed a Democrat Party leader show support for those who took the oath to protect and defend? When was the last time you witnessed Democratic Party leader support and call for unity across our nation? Why do they want people divided? Why do they want people categorized? Who controls the Democrat Party leaders? Foreign, the great deceivers, Q. And finally, I leave you guys with this today. Q post 3450. That is a repost of August 15th, 2018 of Q post 1886. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I part. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Corinthians 13, 4 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his almighty power. Put the full armor of God. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all things of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Ephesians 6, 10, 18. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Thank you for spending time with me today. 40 to 50, 17 gold pills today. Popcorn Q, thank you for the final one today. I appreciate that very much. The gold pills have been released over there on the Foxhole.app, or the scratch-offs, excuse me. Have at it. Thanks for being here today, guys, on the Foxhole.app. I appreciate you guys very much. Everyone over there on Rumble, a great crowd working their way in today. I appreciate that very much. Just Mojo, Hank, Ilda the Hun, Chris, Styly Girl, B-Side, all you guys over there on Rumble. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks for hitting the plus button over there. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow. And then everyone over on Twitch and everywhere else, all the lurkers out there, I want to say much love. God bless you all. Stay in the faith. Stay in the light. Have a great evening, and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Dave. Thanks for hanging out with me today, guys. Much love. See you tomorrow. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.